Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. This is a part of a four-part series that honestly came about from Jeremy Miller. He's our VP and Director of Marketing. He had keynoted and was able to meet some awesome individuals at the Unleash Festival in Madrid, Spain. And as he got into some great conversations, he was telling people about the podcast and the mission and vision of the Started Up Foundation, and he has found us some all-stars. So I hope you enjoy this November four-part series. Again, thank you, Jeremy Miller, for going out and finding such awesome guests. I hope you enjoy. All right, now we're joined with Ben Zan. Ben, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, I'm excited because, you know, Jeremy had the opportunity to go out uh, to Madrid, Spain, uh, and then met a lot of awesome people there at the Unleash Fest uh, and, and was just talking about your awesome work and, and some of the things you've done. So super excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Let's do this. Yeah, man. It's good to like finally talk with you and catch up. It was, I really enjoyed sharing the stage with you, man. And in the after party of that cocktail, it was really good to hear your perspective on social media and just controversies and stories. Like, dude, we shared some good memories. So I'm, I'm glad that we're able to jump back in conversation and talk about all the great work and, and just your mindset uh, with all the stuff you've been doing. Yeah, it was a pretty deep um, dinner party conversation, wasn't it? I don't think um, it was probably slightly too intense for a lot of our um, cohorts. Yeah, man. It was learned a lot about the world. <laughs> well, as a person that taught documentary film yeah. for a while, I sincerely appreciate not only your body of work, but the passion behind your work and some of the cho- topics you've chosen to go after. It's um, I'm honored to, to, to be talking to you, especially having so many students that have similar passions. Mm. Uh, where did it all start? I mean, yeah. was this a childhood thing come true or was this, where did it happen? Uh, no, no, not really. I mean, I never actually uh, wanted to be a documentary maker because I didn't really even know what that was, to be honest. I didn't grow up watching documentaries and from, you know, a very working class part of the United Kingdom. Um, my, um, I'm from a place called Liverpool, which is where the Beatles are from, and it's known for music and football. It's definitely not known for documentaries. Um, so it kind of was out of luck, really. I didn't do very well in school. And then I started, um, the one thing I was all right at was English, so I, I could write. And then I, one of my teachers told me that if you're good at writing, you can do something called journalism. Um, and I didn't really like journalism at all until I did the course of documentary. And then I realized, that was the coolest thing in the world. So I kind of got the bug really. And ever since then, I've just um, loved it. I, mean, I like every aspect of it. I like the kind of technicality of even just looking at cameras. They're so cool. But I also just love the opportunity to get deep into people's lives. And, you know, they tell you things that they wouldn't tell anybody else, even though you've only met them for about three seconds. Um, the side I don't like about it is pitching the ideas. That is very boring and you get rejected about nine out of 10 times. But, if you know, aside from that, it's a fantastic career. Wow, dude, that's really cool. Um, you know, yeah, we just really appreciate like the work you've been doing and your mindset all the way through. Dude, I'm curious. So, you know, you mentioned you know you're kind of not really interested in journalism, but then when you kind of dove into the depths of like documentary and storytelling and how you can just kind of portray emotion different ways to gen- to to generate different emotional responses from people. When was the first documentary that you made, and how did that go? Hold on, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Um, so the, the first documentary I made is one called um, Tarangeles, which is actually in Los Angeles. I, I, for some reason, have made quite a lot of documentaries in Los Angeles. Um, 
and um, and I essentially was just looking for a topic to make, and and it was you know I I'm my family are from Iran, um, America looked like it was about to go to war with Iran at that time as it does now the world repeats itself um and i was just intrigued because i had found out that the biggest population of iranians outside of iran actually lived in la um so i just flew to los angeles and and i didn't really know how i was going to feel about it i knew i kind of liked cameras and i liked filming but i didn't know i was going to actually enjoy documentaries my life before that and since has basically been a process of doing things and seeing if i enjoyed them most of the things i didn't enjoy so i just stopped doing them for good and with documentaries i did it and i was like is this going to be something I, I you know, kind of click to? Because a lot of, you know, I, I'd taken up many hobbies in my life. I tried to ride go-karts once, got bored of it, went to acting classes once, got bored of it. I thought it would be another fad. And I went there and honestly just loved every single second. You know, I got to meet the mayor of Beverly Hills, got to just go around into people's houses, talk to them about their life. I learned a lot about Iran, learned a lot about the States. Um, and, and yeah, it was amazing. Felt alive. Um, I think I felt also... Um, you know, worthwhile. I had some kind of purpose. I was, I was like a little drug. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. You, felt, you felt alive, felt a purpose for sure. However, you've put yourself in some um, scary situations. Uh, do you want to go over some of those? Um, yeah, so I, um, I've been to quite a few different places. Uh, I did a series called World's Most Dangerous Cities. I'm going to do, do another series of that at the moment. Um, and it's the kind of premise of it is to go to a scary place, get to know the place, get to know the people who make it dangerous and kind of get inside their heads, understand why they do it. Um, and yes, I've been to kind of like Venezuela, Libya, Afghanistan, um, where else? Niger, um, where else? Uh, like Nigeria. I mean, the, the, the definition of dangerous is, is kind of malleable to be honest. Um, a lot of people, a lot of places that seem dangerous from a distance in real life, when you get there, it doesn't really feel that dangerous at all. Um, my girlfriend kind of spends her life as well going to crazy places for a strange couple. Um, and I think I like it because it, you know, it kind of proves that our preconceptions are wrong quite a lot of the time. So, um, you know, I, I get to see aside the world that often people are either too worried to go to or they just kind of have... Um, preconceived notions of you know i think donald trump once called a lot of places shithole countries right. um, i've been to a lot of these shithole countries and um they're not really shitholes they're actually quite nice um so i, I like it because i mean to be honest it's not i like going to dangerous places i just like going to places most people don't because mm. to be honest life is quite boring most of the time and and it, that makes it not so boring yeah, well, you're also not afraid to ask some of the tougher questions. Uh, there's a couple that stand out that were just incredibly uh, difficult and brave. And and um, like when you get into these situations, I mean, I, I like you said, I mean, obviously, world's most dangerous cities. You know, going into it, it's not that bad. But there have been a couple situations you got yourself into. Did you feel unsafe at any point? Yeah, you demonstrate a lot of courage in your your documentaries. Where does that courage come from? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'm necessarily the most courageous man in the world. I mean, I think like, you know, obviously I can get in and out of these countries. I mean, I think like part of it is like, I just don't think about it enough to be that worried. You know, like probably the worst scenario is when I was in Venezuela um, and a couple of guys, basically we went to go meet a kidnapped gang and they 
pulled their guns out and kind of stuck them in my face and and acted and they thought I was a police officer and they acted like they were going to shoot me and it was very worrying and I remember thinking in that moment holy shnikes is this all really worth it um but I just think you know like you can ask anybody tough challenging questions as long as you um you kind of seem like you respect them enough, you know, and you're kind of giving them their their right to reply, really. And, and journalism is about asking tough questions, so it's it's just basically the job I have. If I didn't do that, I'd be quite worthwhile. I mean, I'd be quite worthless, really. I think in what I do, mm. I, mean, I, I, I don't think I'm like endlessly courageous, though. In reality, I just go to these sure. places for, for about you know a couple of weeks. Um, you meet some people on the ground who really are unbelievably courageous and i think i aspire to be someone who actually stands for something in life um as opposed to documenting the people who stand for something in life uh, I'm, I'm more of an observer than i am a, a participant i think in change but um but yeah it's 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 quite scary to go to these places but honestly i, I mean i think the, the most scared i've ever felt was that one scene in venezuela um mostly because they seemed to turn against me and I felt like I lost control but the majority of the times wow. you just feel oblivious to it really wow I love that so uh, now I'm sitting here thinking about you know some of my students that want to get their start and um you know like what are some of the the skills and qualities that you saw in yourself or even people that you're kind of mentoring um you know they've got a camera they've got a burning desire but what other intangibles are you usually looking for uh, I suppose it's um, a, a proactive um, attitude is pretty important. Um, a lot of people waste time in documentaries kind of hoping to get the right camera gear or hoping to get the right idea and they kind of just sit idly by until the right conditions are made in which they have everything in place and then they'll make the greatest documentary of all time. And in reality, I mean, the documentary industry, like many other things, is, is an experience-based industry. You just have to get better at by working and making things um you know you might make one thing that's a little bit rubbish and the next thing you make is a little bit better the next thing you make is a little bit better and it's really just a process of time so i'm looking for people who are just down to make it and aren't really scared to just get into action really um i hate people who really talk for a long time about doing things and don't just do things um because basically documentaries are, are it's an industry that you fa you face a lot of obstacles you know people will try and tell you you can't do things you need money to do like make certain documentaries you need to have certain ideas you have to go through a lot of gatekeepers and in reality to get to where you want to get to it needs to begin as a bit of a, a kind of uh, passion in the sense of you have an idea that you really want to make and then you make it and people recognize you that and as having skills and then they give you a little bit more opportunity but it's really just a long slog so you have to find people who just enjoy it because if somebody you know I, I quite often say to people who i meet they ask me if i how do i get to you know the top of the documentary game or whatever and i just say to them well first of all figure out if it's something you'll enjoy because if you don't enjoy it you know you're never going to get there because it's a very difficult industry yeah that's huge ben speaking of documentary like specific things that you've done um you were pretty instrumental in the whole r kelly story and just kind of the exposures and just kind of the different things that came out of that for some of our listeners who might not be you know fully you know understanding of all, all the details uh would you just kind of briefly share like what that was about and kind of how you played an instrumental role in, in that whole kind of unraveling? 
Yeah, I mean, I um, it's hard. You guys are very complimentary of me. I'm not sure if I've achieved all these things, but I am. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, R. Kelly is a uh, R&B singer who's famous for many hits, known such as Bump and Grind, I Believe I Can Fly. I'm sure some people know who he is. Um, and he's basically, you know, he's been accused of running a sex cult and um, essentially abusing multiple women in kind of violent, coercive relationships often. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, a guy called Jim Derogatis uh, had written a couple of articles for um, BuzzFeed um, back in 2017. And, and very quickly, uh, I had been hearing the rumors of R. Kelly as well. So I made a couple of documentaries about a year before the Lifetime documentaries came out about R. Kelly. One called R. Kelly Sex Girls and Videotapes. The other called R. Kelly The Sex Scandal Continues. Um, and yeah, just kind of uncovered a lot of craziness about the man that kind of led to, in multiple cases, R. Kelly, uh, you know, his lawyer quitting, his um, personal assistant quitting, and it kind of really spared on a lot of the other stories that came out about it. Um, I was a big R. Kelly fan, which is kind of the motivation for it. And also I make documentaries quite often about controversial individuals. And it was a story that I couldn't quite believe by the end. So Ben, you, you've been like, you've done some really interesting things in the media storytelling and some really interesting things about with pop culture that have, you know, been seen by a lot, a lot of people, like some of your documentaries, you know, was R. Kelly or, you know, some of these one, you know, Kabul, um, these dangerous ones, millions and millions of views. How much did school prepare you for what you're doing now? And, you know, whether, you know, however much it did, you know, what kind of things did you learn like outside of school? You know, what kind of things did you have to kind of teach yourself or learn all on the way? to kind of be able to produce these stories or be this diligent and kind of unravel or exposing, you know, just kind of these stories that people aren't often knowing about. Well, I'd say, I mean, my life is a combination of two things. One of them is filmmaking of which that skill can, you know, be spread out into many things such as, you know, feature filmmaking, making ads, Bits, whatever just the visual storytelling is basically one aspect of it and then the other aspect other aspect is journalism and journalism is extremely important i am um, i tend to do things like current affairs which touch on kind of investigative stories um that have a lot of research at their heart um but my my school you know i went to university and i studied journalism was extremely helpful and and, and really you know i think a big struggle in terms of trying to understand what job you want to do in the future is just kind of knowing what it is you enjoy and what you're good at and and my course really allowed me to refine my skills and understand that this is something I really wanted to do and kind of got my direction straight so I knew where I wanted to head um and then I, I I'd say really school then stops being important and it moves on to just actual experience you need to just get out into the field start small work with people who know how to make films learn from them i mean i'm still in a process of, of learning from people now um and i think yeah it's just I, I would say to anybody who wants to be a documentary maker just start making some documentaries with friends whatever just start getting your craft because that is most definitely the um the kind of th the hardest skill of all is just actually learning to make things and, and it, it, you, you kind of can't really jump the queue it takes time to get experience um and you can only get that experience through making things so just buy a camera use your iphone you know that's something i want to follow up on because you know um too often times uh the the cinematic 
And the important part of journalism is in documentaries. I mean, I, I know that there's some people out there that they think that because they have an iPhone and they have a passion for something, they can make a documentary film. There's a lot more that goes into that, obviously, as you know. And at the same time, also know that, you know, you could be formally trained, um, know how to write a great, you know, inverted pyramid style news story or whatever. Um, so obviously there's a balance. I mean, you, you've got to have a passion and sometimes you have to have training. But for that student that um, is already kind of gaining an audience, say they already have a great blog, uh, they already have an audience, and they're wanting to start dipping their toe into documentary filmmaking, um, it, it, is it important that they, you know, either, like, can, can basically, can you hack this? Can you, like, work with other documentary people in your genre? Or do you have to, in your opinion, go through some formal training? It's a difficult question. I mean, obviously, there's like a million different routes into a lot of things. But, um, you know, I think obviously there's, there's some aspects of it which are very technical. So it's like in terms of learning how to use a camera, you just need to train yourself. Maybe you go to a, a class and learn how to do it or you actually just pick up a camera and learn. I think you can do Most people can just do that by trial and error. Um, then there's certain aspects. You know, there's an aspect of storytelling. Yes, you could just read books and or you could go meet someone, maybe your friends with Steven Spielberg, and he'll explain to you how, how stories can be structured. Um, I think a lot of these things can be sped up via formal training. I think journalism is the aspect that needs kind of formal training a lot of the time. You know, it's learning. There's, there's a lot of aspects to it, you know, media law, people giving people a right to reply, reply being objective, giving people a fair response, um, and understanding how to actually have coherent data with like adequate sources so for me like i'm very i believe a lot of people you know now they try and you know make documentaries and some people make fantastic documentaries you have people like shane dawson on youtube who gets like multiple million views and you know that is technically a documentary but there's a big difference between a documentary for entertainment and a documentary that has journalism at, at its heart um, that sets about, you know, trying to hold power to account and sets about trying to uncover something that people should know about. Uh, and for me, that's what I choose to focus on. I think they are very beneficial. I think that's what, you know, I, I have a journalistic background, which is why that's really what I focus on. But I that's think, yes, some elements of formal training is useful always, but I don't think you need to go on a, you know, five-year course to learn how to do this. I think it's the practical experience of, of making films. Um, right. but, I, but I think it's like, you know, we, we have, you know, you have quite scandalous documentaries. You know, you can make documentaries that are like entertainment. You follow kind of Britney Spears around as she goes and does her life. And you have other documentaries that are kind of rooted in, in investigation and, and kind of um, research. And depending on what type of film you want to make, you know, if you are going to do a hard hitting, heavy documentary that is really uncovering something, I would say maybe course to understand how you can do that research because it's quite extensive and you need to understand how you give people their right to reply a fair say and how you understand the kind of ins and outs of the media law around it because it can get very complex mm, right but that makes a lot of sense um ben in your keynote you know at in, you know at madrid at unleash in, in your keynote you know you, you talk about egos with social media right you know you're verified you know you've got tens and tens of thousands of followers on so all, all your, on all your social media millions of views on social media you've, you've you've been on a lot of publications um we talk a little bit about like how you keep the balance or how you keep your you know the, your life compass kind of 
prioritize over having all this influx of media and attention to your name and all about you? Yeah, I find it quite difficult, um, if I'm honest. So I, um, like part of me obviously wants to have a huge profile because it would allow me to make a lot of documentaries. I'd have a six part Netflix series and then everyone would love me. Um, and the other part, kind of doesn't really want that life and also thinks it's slightly damaging for making documentaries. And truth, you know, if I'm trying to accurately uh, portray the world, it shouldn't really be too much about me because right. you know, then it starts taking away from the story. So I think, you know, I kind of ebb and flow. I um, I choose not to do certain projects. Like I think I might have mentioned to you, you know, I got asked to go on the UK's version of Dancing with the Stars and decided not yep. to do it because it's just, right. you know, it wasn't something I felt was necessary. Um and then I try to not really use social media too much, but it's quite difficult because, you know, we are in a world in which that is um, essential in order to build a brand. And, you know, there's such focus on building a brand in, in order to do these things and to kind of continually make money and, and <laughs> have, have a, an audience. So I find it extremely difficult. But I think, you know, in the short term, it's just trying to use social media less and just focus on my, my kind of my work more, actually just producing work of value as opposed to producing 16 tweets a day so uh, in all this body of work and and all the things you're you you've done and and um are continuing to do what is what is the uh thing that you're looking forward to the most like like, like, like what is the next big challenge we got like it's awesome that you've had all the success but obviously i can tell by the by the topics you choose and the people you choose to cover, there seems to be the next big adventure around the corner. So what's the next big adventure? Well, there's three things. I mean, I kind of think about it in two ways. One of them is the creative side to my life. So yeah, in that I'm making a couple of documentaries and doing a documentary about Nipsey Hussle in the States, the rapper who was killed. Um, I'm doing a series on, called World's Most Dangerous Cities, which is a follow-on from the last series I did. Um, and, then, and then I think about it kind of in terms of enterprise, and in terms of enterprise, it's about having my own production company, building that. At some point, I'd like my own kind of, I don't know, be hugely ambitious to have some kind of network. That's probably slightly too ambitious, but, you know, to, to own things as opposed to just be a producer of things. So it's kind of, I think about it in a slightly twofold way. So, yeah, so I'm making those documentaries and I'm simultaneously doing a series through my production company to just try and build it up. Um, but I don't know the eventual aim. I'd love to know that, but I think... It's kind of impossible. Ben, did you have any mentors starting out that really uh, helped you out in the beginning? Yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, I, I had like friends who were mentors who were really great. Um, I, and, uh, you know, kind of one of my good friends, Matt Danzico, who's a guy who now lives in Barcelona. He, he was a kind of mentor of mine in the sense of he taught me, um, I didn't necessarily always take his lessons, but that it's about enjoying life as much as it is working 23 hours a day. So he would go like surfing in the morning and he'd skateboard to work. And I just used to always love how free he was in the world. You know, he kind of just always did what he wanted to do, but somehow managed to be extremely productive. So I think my mentors have quite, quite often been people, it's not necessarily they've told me how to work hard. They've actually told me how to embrace the, the fun in life as much as they have um, to kind of make documentaries better. That's awesome. I, uh, 
I, we, we put a heavy emphasis on, on uh, students learning from mentors and uh, that's just uh, always a pathway to, to gaining all that wisdom and knowledge that they, you know, came up with. So that, that is fantastic. Um, you're a person that asks a lot of questions and then films it. But I, <laughs> a lot of times I want to know, what is the question you wish people would ask you that they don't? <laughs> It's a very difficult question. Um, hmm. I mean, I think maybe. Um, or like, what what is the biggest misconception of your work? A lot of times. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people think that I do it all myself without any help from anybody else, and like I'm some kind of super creator. But obviously, I have a big team. Um, but I think the, the main question of like, is it worth it? You know, like, have I? do I achieve what I want to achieve? And I think it's quite hard, you know, um, what I, I'd love to make films that really make a difference. And I think um, I sometimes get a bit too distracted. You know, it hasn't got 60 million views. It didn't bring about a huge kind of change in the world. But yesterday, you know, I was in a, um, a restaurant and my, cause my girlfriend's also a documentary and she made a documentary about the Uyghurs in China, which are like an ethnic minority that are being um, locked up and put in um, re-education camps on mass by the Chinese government. And, um, and, you know, she was in a restaurant and someone came up to her and kind of just had recognized her from a documentary and she was Uyghur herself and she just broke down and started crying and said, thank you to her. And I've had moments like that. And I think, um, the most special moments in reality are not when a documentary gets 2 million views. It's when one person really kind of was affected by it and it changed their life. And I think yeah. uh, the thing that really makes me feel better is when I remember that it, you know, it isn't about the masses always because you can never really control that. But you, you know, each documentary I make, regardless of whether it has 10,000 views or a million views, it did, you know, most likely do something of value to at least somebody. Uh, and I think like, for me, the, the worthwhile and the purpose, you know, like I don't do it for entertainment. I'm not making documentaries because I, I, I want everybody to like me. I, I am trying to do something of value and that is worthwhile. And I think it's just focusing on, you know, what is the difference it made? It's, it's about impact. So I think the question people should ask me is, you know, what is the impact of your documentaries? Not so much what have you done? What, what has it done for you? You're very famous you have loads of followers and are not famous at all but as opposed to the focus on me i think it should be the focus on what's the impact of your work because at the end that is the point of them to have some form of impact you know that's uh, that resonated with me so much i i when we, we had started this documentary film fest in high school and we were so lucky because we had actually a, a like an old 1920 classic <laughs> theater that would allow the students to show their mini docs i mean there were 15 20 minute documentaries but it was just so awesome because like we ended up like raising money for cash prizes. And, and I remember the, the, the student that took first place, we were going to give him a check. He's like, I don't really care. And, and he said, and I go, Oh, and he says, you know, he says, I was sitting down and he said, you know, I turned to the left and I turned to the right and people were eating popcorn and enjoying my art. And, you know, he made it like, cause it was personal to him. And that journey was him. And so like, well, like you said, like, did this kid, was he looking for fame? No, he was just so happy that his art, that his story, people were acknowledging it. And, and I think that this is one of the reasons why I love documentaries so much. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I well, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm, I'm like, I like regular movies sometimes, but I'm always liking documentaries because we talk a lot about what bothers us in the world. 
And people that do documentaries show the problem. And a lot of times, good documentarians, they show both sides. And then they, they try to they, like, seek solutions and dialogue. And so the fact that you're pushing and like really pushing for hard questions, for dialogue, you're bravely going into places that, quite frankly, like impressed Jeremy and I, that, that, <laughs> that is, that is the, that's what gets me out in the morning. Like when Jeremy says, you know, he showed me your bio. It's like, this is the guy we're going to talk to. I'm like, no way. Uh, and then taking a look at your body of work, you know, thank you for going in there. Thank you for showing both sides. Thank you for creating not sensationalism, but journalism. That is so important in the day and time and the misinformation that we have out there and the, and, and the absolute crap sometimes that we have to sift through. There's some people out there showing reality. And for that, man, we tip our hats to you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, Benjamin Zan, thank you so, so much for being on the show. Jeremy? Dude, thank you so much. We really, you know, we're really gracious for your time, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again on stage sometime soon, man. Thank you. Yeah, I look forward to seeing you again, and have a nice weekend. <laughs>